Why do you try to start episodes in the most chaotic way possible? I don't. I don't do a thing. You just inhaled for 40 seconds straight, getting ready to press the play button. You completely threw me off my rhythm. I was going to start with some words, but now I'm just rambling no, no, about start, ridiculous start with words. Go ahead, start with words. I was going to start just by saying spoiler cast. Spoiler cast! Woo! <laughs> Who was that we just watched a video? Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Yeah, uh, spoiler cast of Sunday. <laughs> We're just going to spoil all of Sunday, which involves Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which you now know the full title yes. of the movie. Yes. Can you, real quick, just explain when you discovered the full subtitle of the movie in relation to you seeing the movie? <laughs> I think it was the credits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the movie fades to black. The credits start appearing and it says Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I just hear you go, oh. That <laughs> <laughs> is legitimately when you learned the title of the movie. Because even walking in on the banners, it just says The Legend. Yeah, Shang-Chi and so, the Legend. Which you already <laughs> guessed last week on last week's episode is like The Legend of the Fiery Dragon Punch. The or Fiery something. Thousand Dragon Punch combo or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no. Um, so you already, <laughs> and I already told you that The Legend of was correct um <laughs> it's so funny like the movie ends and you're like riding that high and i just hear dubs go oh <laughs> the only person to ever watch this movie and be oh delighted by what the title the credits. Yeah. so yeah okay so official spoiler cast warning for uh at the very least lebanese food and then <laughs> definitely the going to spoil Lebanese food. And at the very most, uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah, and the the post-credits. Uh, and the post-credit scenes. So everything. if you have not seen those movies or if you care about what happens with both the experience of Lebanese food <laughs> and the experience of watching this movie and the end credit scenes, because there's two, uh, uh, don't listen to this episode. Yeah. Uh, we, wish, we wish you well, and we, we hope you do get to enjoy this episode eventually after you see it, if you end up seeing it. Yep. But if not, then skip to 60 seconds before the end of this recording. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So what'd you think? What on a scale of one to 10, what were your expectations going into it? A five. You you thought the movie you were about uh, to watch was going to be a five out of 10. I thought it was going to be slightly above Falcon and Winter Soldier. Which you consider to be a... Like a two. A two out of ten. Maybe a one. So you're thinking like this movie's gonna be a two or a three out of ten? A three to a four. Three to four out of ten. I thought it was gonna be very average mediocre. Average mediocre stereotypical (laughs) like groan fest that you've been hyping up for months. Yes. Now, genuinely, you, we've had a couple days to think on it. Yes, I know we kind of on it and everything. We, yeah, yep. we slept on it a couple times. You probably read through some threads or something. I did not. Oh, okay. I because didn't. I'm still black enough for Spider Man. Can't be poking around on Marvel forums. <laughs> that's, that's very true. That's not what you do. Very true. Um, so we've had a couple days to sleep on it. I know we kind of talked after watching the movie how we thought of it, but I want to know if that opinion has changed. Could you let us know where where you rate it on a scale of one to ten? Um. I think it floats a lot in Black Panther territory. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean that just as a cultural uh, uh, a, a cultural catalyst point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think of it more as a... It's... Okay. Okay. So, an obvious thing out the way. 
I did I did not read Marvel comics growing up. Sure. The only one I kind of read was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Everything else was mainly DC, but also I was really a Star Wars comic book kid. Yeah. That was really it. Uh, so this movie, just like Black Panther, I felt like you could take both movies by themselves, mm-hmm. take them out of the MCU, mm-hmm. and just call one Black Panther and call one Shang-Chi. Yeah. And they couldn't exist as just I like individual standalone movies that have nothing to do with anything else. Yeah, because they really mostly don't. Yes, exactly. And yeah. that's that's something that we kind of touched on, right? We kind of touched on how there's uh, mythical creatures now. Yeah. Excuse me? Like, there's, there's now uh, legends and mythical creatures and dragons and demons and the underworld and all these other things that are now being introduced where before it was just humans and aliens and 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 you know thanos right yeah (laughs) so it was it was really just uh uh uh, pretty you know Mm one-dimensional or at least the same dimension Mm -hmm. and now we're talking about different realms realities and especially with what if bringing in the timelines and shit and then all these things <laughs> and shit. it's just it, it's getting super complex oh yeah it's getting extremely complex it's so, getting to the point of comic books yeah of yeah just they yeah. can kind of do whatever they want now so i i mean it now after thinking about it and after seeing it um yeah that's the best way i can rate it is that is that i put it very Hand in hand to Black Panther. In the realm of Black Panther. In the realm of Black Panther. They, they're both pretty much outside Marvel. Right? Yeah. They're like as far as the standardized Marvel universe experience that we're used to and that mm-hmm. we know and is referenced. Right. To, to my knowledge, Black Panther wasn't heavily referenced with anybody from like any of the Avengers. Right. right? Nothing uh, with S.H.I.E.L.D. really. No, I mean the U.S. Was, government. Yeah, but yeah, are we diving full into spoilers now that we've given our spoiler warning? Yeah, I mean we're, we're there was there was Trevor Slattery. Yeah, and then the there was Wong. Wong was in it. Yeah, and then Wong there was, was the post credit scene where that now it's like now he's talking with the Avengers. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So yeah. so that's it's it's so and that's why it's weird because it's so far removed. Mm-hmm. That seeing it almost puts it in this different realm of uh, disassociation almost. Like, mm-hmm. I feel disassociated to the MCU with it. Because mm. they don't really reference too much. They reference, I think, the snap. They do. There were actually, I was, uh, there was one thing I caught that I forgot to talk about after with you. But there was, there was a part where he was, like, walking down a street and he, like, turns right to go into his apartment or something. And there's, like, a bunch of posters stuck to the wall because it's New York and whatever. And one of them said... I, think, uh, I thought he was in Cali. Or, yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco. Um, uh, snap Sync or something like that. Or Blip Sync. There was a sign called Blip Sync because they call it the Blip in mm-hmm. the MCU. Uh, like the five years where people disappeared and it looked like it was some service for like fixing your life whether or not you were blipped or not <laughs> like yeah uh, like aunt may was blipped for five years and she lost her home so right. now like getting her back to whatever uh there's apparently a service for that in san francisco called blip sync that i yeah. thought was a super clever but just like such a cool little detail to like put it firmly post the snap um, but they re- it didn't have to do with the snap at all. Like it really no. didn't at all. That's what I mean. Like it's yeah. very removed from our experience of uh, phase one, two, three of the MCU. Yeah. Um, Which was almost refreshing to me because 
I feel like we had 22 movies to build up to that. And then, like, uh, we had Infinity War, Endgame, and then Spider-Man to deal with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, Spider-Man was very much about the snap, uh, the blip. But, like, I don't want them to linger on that forever. But, like, it's a part of the history now. But, like, let's move on and let's tell new stories. Yes. Not all revolving around the blip. And they are moving on, right? Yeah. Like, they are... Yeah. yeah, they're they're building up the next thing instead of just, oh, but the blip, oh, you're five yeah. years older than me, and oh, man. And I feel like it's going to be very time, space, reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be very reality-based, I think, now. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, what did you think? I thought it was great. I, I went into it with, like, middling expectations. I think I said, I think on the podcast or in some conversation I had, I was about excited for this movie as I was for, like, Ant-Man. Yes, of, you kept saying that. Of just, like... Oh, it's going to be Ant-Man. Eh, it's going to be fine. I'm going to watch it. Or, like, Black Widow. I was, like, eh, excited for Black Widow. Like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll probably enjoy it. And then it'll be a Marvel Kung Fu movie. But I was... I was... Gentle, I was pleasantly surprised by how funny it was, by how good and like thrilling the story was. Like it, it was like an adventure. Uh, like the story itself was an adventure, and like we were exploring this whole new. Everything in it was so new to me, and the trailers uh, did such a good job of not really showing us what the movie was about, and like how much it was about the family, and it was about going to uh, that like village, Talo, Talo. Um, like they didn't, there were like a couple shots in that village and there were some like shots from like towards the end of the movie. So you could see some like cool fight scenes or whatever, but they really like shied back from saying like, this is about him, uh, dealing with his dad and his sister. I didn't even know he had a sister until the movie started, uh, and dealing with his dad and his sister about his mother's death and all this, these weird things. And yeah, it was just, it was great. And the one thing like. If you looked for a trend with, like, my favorite Marvel movies of, like, where I would rank all of them, one of the biggest trends you could pull out of them is my favorite ones are the ones with the most interesting villains. Uh, Like Thanos, Killmonger, uh, Shang-Chi's dad. Um, They're all, like, it's all those villains where you're like, I I get it. (laughs) Like, you are the bad guy and what you're doing is wrong. But I get where your mind is at. Yeah. So like I I can see why this is happening. (laughs) I I I can empathize. Exactly. Which is it makes it so much more interesting. And yeah, it was it was great. It was also hilarious. It was like one of the funniest Marvel movies in a long time. Yeah. And it it wasn't. I think uh, it wasn't as goofy funny as Ant Man was. Mm. I felt like Ant Man was very um, goofy. Ant Man like. There were funny bits everywhere in it. Like the humor was just peppered all over the screen. It was. Almost, I almost felt like it was. It was targeted more for kids. Yeah. The humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humor is made much more for like ten year olds. Like slapstick, like eight to, yeah, like eight to twelve kind of <laughs> yeah kind of humor. Where this was, uh, Trevor Slattery was hilarious. Everything he said was hilarious. So props to Ben Kingsley, which I didn't know was going to be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they would at least reference him or maybe he'd have a cameo or something like that. But he was a legit character. Yeah. Um, oh, you see him. <laughs> you see Morris. I thought I imagined him. Oh, God. I, like, could not stop laughing when that happened. What the hell is that? You could see him. <laughs> Just being alone with this weird little 
walking ottoman with wings <laughs> and then all of a sudden oh my god yeah so good so good uh everything he said was funny and then uh like shang chi and mm. katie were really funny yeah um but like at the right times where like i think ant-man like scott lang was one of the comic relief characters like he was funny but like it's hard to tell because it's also Paul Rudd. So it's like he's a comedy actor and he's funny a bunch of times in the movie, but then sometimes he's serious and he's like off to save the world and he's doing this mission. He's fighting this guy, but then sometimes he's funny. So it's like, it's kind of jarring. You're not sure whether to laugh or whether to take him seriously. Where with Shang-Chi, there's very much a Shang-Chi hanging out with Katie, getting up into hijinks or whatever, pretty funny. And then Shang-Chi like, getting down to business dealing with his dad like there's like a flip that switches when he's dealing with katie versus when he's dealing with his dad like he just gets like not moody but like serious and it's like ah shit my past life is here and there was a a very good like duality of his character that was so interesting to watch yeah yeah i I felt like with i feel like with ant-man the problem with the ant-man is that you paul rudd plays ant-man being the bumbling idiot yeah right but like everybody around him in the movies for the most part outside of his immediate uh company of friends yeah hank pym and and everybody else super serious yeah so you have the bumbling idiot with all the smart uh intense serious people Mm -hmm. he fits well and that's why he fit well with the avengers because the avengers are all super serious he's the only one who stands out he doesn't have any type of uh comedic fallback so he's just awkward yeah exactly and that's why he that's why he was funny in civil war that's why he was funny in endgame that's why he was funny all the time when it came to dealing with the avengers you know yeah um yeah 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 yeah. i felt like the comedy had much better timing yes shang chi there also i noticed multiple times that they like uh like pulled a fast one on us like there you cut you knew how this conversation was gonna go or you knew how the set piece was gonna go and then they like completely flipped it around and like did the opposite of what was expected i i wish i could like think what? of um like uh the the one i could think of katie like getting ready for battle with the arrow and they're like no don't it's too dangerous and she's like i have to try and they're like oh okay blah 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 and then she walks past the guy who's been like really strict the whole time and you think he's gonna be like oh i don't i don't agree with this or something but he just goes don't die and then <laughs> runs away <laughs> and like that kind of like the humor like the things i find the funniest were like just in general like humor that just completely catches you off guard like humor in times that you don't think should be funny um or like yeah i don't know like there are so many like jokes that just completely caught me off guard yeah they didn't they they didn't again they didn't set up a bumbling idiot type yeah even with um um trevor it wasn't yes he's he's an idiot (laughs) but they didn't use the fact that he's an idiot as the punchline Yeah, yeah it was what he said to everybody else from his perspective was the funny part. <laughs> so funny. Right? He's just like, Morris says we need to go faster. <laughs> well, I'm trying to go faster. What does he mean? I don't know. That's just what he says. Go I don't faster. know. He just says go faster. So yeah. <laughs> He's 90% sure he could get us there. Oh, 19. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, so funny. It, wasn't, it, it, it didn't rely on him being, you know, quote, unquote, the, the idiot of the group. It yeah. was just his personality as the idiot yeah exactly uh 
he was an idiot, but he was also progressing the plot along. Like yeah. he was the one that we put all our trust in verse to these scenes. He's like the Morris translator for some reason. <laughs> so like we have to listen to him and take him seriously. But like everything he says is stupid, <laughs> but is somehow still helpful. Yeah. Um, but like the way he says it is like this underhanded stupidity of like how he got into acting because he saw Planet of the Apes as a kid, and he realizes that the apes are acting. We're just acting yeah. <laughs> not that they were humans dressed as apes but that they were they weren't actually riding the horses they were just acting like they were riding the horses <laughs> oh my it was like so bizarrely funny like <laughs> it was, he was stupid to like a next level where it was almost unbelievable how stupid he was yeah it wasn't like uh what's his name? i feel bad not remembering his name he's he's a he's a great actor he was an ant-man as well he Michael would, Pena. He might. There it is, Michael Pena. Yeah. yeah, he played the idiot. Yeah, as well, and he was also very good too. He played the big, big idiot. Yeah, right? um, but <laughs> but um, but he was funny with what he said. Yeah, you know where. But he, I felt like he delivered like punchlines in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's know. the other thing. Like, there's so many like funny like Ant Man. That punchlines is a good way to put it. Like, there's a punchline coming, and ah, there's the punchline. Ha ha ha. Or, oh, that was a punchline. I didn't really find that one funny. Where with Trevor Slattery, there were no punchlines. It was just every sentence he said was stupid and funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there were like so many things unexpected, like after the, the battle with like all the demons, and you see all the bodies on the ground, and it zooms in on Trevor, and you're genuinely like, Oh man, he died. I mean, that makes sense. Like, they're not just gonna keep bringing Ben Kingsley. It's not back like he knows how to fight. He doesn't know how to fight. He probably died really quick. And then he's like, "Morris, come here. I'm <laughs> acting like I'm dead. Come, <laughs> act with me." <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> like, why did they show that in the middle of the climactic battle? And it's like so many things like that that like caught me off guard. Um, so that was really refreshing. The other thing that was really refreshing, uh, and also similar to Black Panther, I was surprised by how much I loved the soundtrack. Like, it was just, there's so many good new original songs that were just really cool. <laughs> like, the the bus fight scene to that song that I texted you, because it yeah. came on my playlist yeah, while run I was it. running. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> this song is very, very good for working out. Uh, that was in the the bice the the bus fight scene. Uh, the first real fight scene. Yeah, I yeah. would say the best, like one of the best choreographed fight scenes of the MCU so far. You think so? Yeah, the bus scene. Like, I, well, my so, eyes were glued to the screen. So, like, the big part of it is the big part of combat in the MCU is that a lot of them rely on their powers, right? Thor relies on his strength mm-hmm. and on well, typically we've seen him with a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man with his suit with his gadgets. Yep. Uh, Captain with his shield. Captain America know, knows how to fight. Like, Steve Rogers knows how to fight, right? Like, you know, he boxes. Yep. He can kick, but he relies on the shield as his primary thing. Yep. Um, as as part of his weaponry. Um, Black Widow was really the only one who I think was hand-to-hand. Hawkeye used his bow and, and arrow and mm-hmm. even used the bow in close range as a parry weapon. Yeah. Um, Black Widow was really the only hand-to-hand combatant that we really saw through the MCU. Yeah. And her her moves, her fighting technique, it was very... It, it kind of fits her character. It was very um, fast takedown. Yeah. It was very much just like... Get people to the ground. End the fight. on Like, get them to the ground, end it there, move on. Yeah. Just go, go, go. 
she has she does have lots of toys and gadgets that she uses but i felt like as we saw bigger and bigger battles it was more of her with weapons like 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 guns mm-hmm. <laughs> and then her in hand to hand with the zappy shoot electricity out of her wrists yeah. and then the Ant- zappy sticks ant-man um same thing. Ant-Man doesn't know how to fight, but he can go really small. And he just throws. Kick you real hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man kind of knows how to fight, but not yeah. really. He relies on his reflexes. And the webs. Yeah. Webs and reflexes. Yeah. Um, Black Panther knew how to fight. Yep. Right? Suit. Suit. Um, so, yeah, there's not a lot of really great instances of, like, fights. That's what I'm So, my point is, we haven't seen it. Because none of the characters really rely upon it the way you have a normal human just fighting. Yeah. Right? It reminded me a lot of a Jackie Chan fight scene. Yes. Because it was very environmental. Yep. And Jackie Chan, that's his signature. Besides, like, long single shots, it's also very, very much about the uh, environment um, being utilized in some way. Yeah, that's. I think that's what was so interesting about the bus fight scene. Also, real quick, talking about MCU fights, I'm sure there are people listening to this screaming at us that oh. we're not mentioning the elevator fight scene from uh, Winter Soldier uh, with Cap in the elevator with like seven dudes. That was really just brute force. That was cool, though. It was cool, but that was, a, was really... It was really well choreographed. Yeah, but that wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. The other thing that I noticed always makes a good fight scene is long shots. Mm-hmm. Like the difference between a good fight scene and a bad fight scene is like every punch is a different shot and it's like it just doesn't different feel angles, like anything. Yeah. It, it makes the fight not feel connected. Yep, exactly. But like a camera showing the front of the bus and then showing him punch a couple guys, like move back, move back, move back, hide, like jump around like the bus, like the railings, the guard that rails hold on to the guardrails. And then ju- and the camera turns and follows him the whole time he's doing that. Just makes it so much more impressive. And like there's that wonder of like, I'm watching a person who actually just did those seven things in a row, like flawlessly. Yes. Instead of just like, oh, let's get a hundred shots of him doing this one punch. Okay, now we can move on to the next punch. And it's like, that's just good editing, which is not nearly as uh, impressive. Um, Jackie Chan did a lot for fight cinema. Um, yeah. Not just choreography. I mean, this the super long single shots, The uh, using the environment is very trademark him. He does something that not a lot of people do because not a lot of people can pull it off, but humor mm-hmm. in his fights. Yeah. Like Jackie Chan will like punch and miss and he'll be like, ah, like, like he'll like shake his hand and be <laughs> yeah. like, ah, shit. Like, yeah. Or like, or he'll get hit and he'll hold his, his nose and it's like, oh man. Like you see humor in his fights. Yeah. Um, and like his facial expressions when he's like dodging a hit or yeah, something. Yeah. He's not invincible. Yeah. He's yeah. not, he's not going to like break the board with his forearm, like hard, like high guard this and low, low hard block that. And then yeah. he's going to like kick through the table. Like, He'll try to kick through the table and hurt himself, like and be like, ah, and, and like, I'll like limp for a couple yeah, steps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like he indu- introduces very much the human element of humor. With yeah, it. a very Three Stooges. Yeah, um, which nobody really did because they always had to make it just the main character has to be invincible. He's the main character. Yeah, you know, he exactly. can't be weak. He yeah. can't have faults or weaknesses or make a mistake. Which is so much more interesting to do it the like flawed character way. Oh, you the realistic way of like <laughs> of how you can't fight perfectly. Of it really hurts to punch someone in the face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. The the bus scene was really cool. Um, I was kind of. I'll be honest. I was kind of bummed at the at the fight scene. At the bus scene. At the bus scene, because it wasn't explained. So all I know is this dude. 
who is a valet driver, mm-hmm. all of a sudden knows how to do all this shit. And I just went, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, okay. That they're just going to be just... <laughs> well, I grew up in China, so I just know how to do this. <laughs> I was just... That was me for the first... That was with me the entire fight. On some level, I was just thinking... Uh, that's oh, a bummer. This fucking See, guy. I knew, like... He like he's a valet driver. He's clearly hiding something, and like Katie freaking out of like what? How are you doing this? <laughs> is like the the audience. Um, what's it called? Like surrogate of yeah. like she's us in that situation. Like how the hell do you know how to do what you're yeah. doing? Yeah, and then it's explained later. Like on the I felt better about it afterwards. Exactly, of course. but during it I was just yeah I could see that. <laughs> Don't tell me you're just no. This dude who does push-ups is also just. Yep, we saw him do push-ups. An expert so there fighter, too, just because <laughs> he's Chinese from China. I don't know. It's Chinese just, from China. <laughs> I, th- that, that was honestly the yeah first... That was the vibe I got. I which, could see that. Or the vibe I had. Yeah. So. Uh, knowing your expectations going into the movie. And then... <laughs> that was a rough... Yeah, it was a little rough there. That was a little rough. Um, I also, I was surprised by the first fight scene. Excuse me. Um... Between his parents, between his mom. And oh dad. yeah, that was cool. Uh, it was that was surprising to me because that was the and we talked about this um, over Lebanese food. Mm-hmm. But when I when I noticed they were doing Hong Kong style uh, martial arts cinema, yeah, with and, wires and, and that scene, that's when I was thinking, what? <laughs> uh, just because you don't expect that in a non like heavily Hong Kong based film in an American Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you kind of saw it with the matrix in a way, but the matrix Mm -hmm. bended that by using it more as its code. And because of the, the, Mm -hmm. the glitches or something, you can do these things. Um, but it was, yeah, I was kind of just thinking, okay, like when she does like the, the, the circle with her foot to open up her stance. Yeah. Um, and like you see the wind move everything around yep. her. I was just thinking, okay, so, okay, so in the Marvel theme, she has powers, but everything from my experience of watching kung fu movies, this is Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. What am I watching? But didn't that kind of work though? It did. It did work. It's, it's like to explain these powers that she has in the MCU the Hong Kong style of cinema <laughs> is the best way to portray yes. that. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was awesome. And it, I was thinking this myself too. Like th- this is perfect. <laughs> like really they have these cool pat, like it's not Kung Fu. It's like mystical Kung Fu that they have these powers from Talo. And she, like, she gets this energy that like you, you can't just do. It's like the, yeah. the village gives her these powers and there's no better way to portray that because I think, kind of those powers were inspired by Hong Kong cinema in a way of like they saw these movies in the 70s or whatever and they're like cool I'm gonna write a comic book about people that can do that in comic books and then maybe hmm, 40 years later they'll make a movie yeah. about it yeah, and yeah, it'll yeah. come full circle yeah um, so that was that was definitely a curveball I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. um, because yeah it's just it's so I know Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon kind of really put it on the mainstream for yeah. uh, North America mm-hmm. of kind of being, oh, this is a certain style of martial arts. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, movies, like cinema style yeah. um, of fighting and understanding it. And I said it to you over uh, over lunch. It, it's that whole idea of it is 
is pretty old of just um it's energy right like again kung fu is all about the energy and the flow and how you control it so that's what i kind of saw because of my background and and training with people who do kung fu it's kind of just understanding that's the that's what you're seeing but then again like you said i have to put it with the lens of no 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 it's 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 powers these are powers these are powers (laughs) that's what this is this isn't this isn't just you know glorifying and glamorizing kung fu stances and and techniques it's supposed to be powers yeah that are used through kung fu you know it's just it's um it took me a while to kind of like break that like immediate fallback i have yeah of thinking of oh it's it's kung fu and this yeah. is what they believe with the energy transfer and how they control it and that's why the the wind blows so much when the stance opens up yeah you know because you're exactly you're opening up your energy and all mm-hmm. this shit so but i think it, on the flip side of that it is also kind of glorifying the like those kung fu techniques and things like that i think it's it's like doing that on purpose by doing it like that that's the idea behind the Hong Kong style. But here's the thing in this movie, like you said, it's supposed to be, no, it's because they've harnessed the power within them from Tai Lo. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what yeah, it is. Exactly. So it's just, yeah, it was kind of, yeah. 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 Um, what else was so good about it? the story itself? Did you like, did you enjoy the, like, the it was story super that dark. It, super that was dark. a super fucking dark movie, yeah. dude. Yeah. That was not a happy thousand year old warlord father with these <laughs> magical rings that we don't know where they came from. Uh, falls in love with this lady who beat him in Kung Fu <laughs> and then had me and my sister and we'd play DDR and it was great. And yeah. we would go out and get takeout for dinner and we had a normal family. And then uh because he was a warlord for a thousand years some people came to my house and killed my mom and i watched through a window and then my dad resented me forever and went back to his warlord days and trained me brutally in the art of kung fu didn't let my uh didn't let my sister train so she had to watch off to the side and teach herself because she couldn't be willing one of the boys and then he sent me on a mission to go kill my mother's killer and i did and i felt really bad about it so i hid in america for 10 years and now but he knew where i was and he just didn't come find me and now a demon is whispering in his ear that my mom is locked behind some gate in the village that she came from so he's kidnapping me and my sister to try to get my mom out which is really a demon yeah it's cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was a very dark movie. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of traditional themes in it. You know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, like martial arts movies specifically, like Chinese martial arts movies specifically, but there's, you know, some Japanese inspired ones too. But they are very much based on stories like that, where it's like, you know, the the heart of the, the stone heart it gets softened by love and mm. all this other shit. And then you have competing dojos and you have the, like the vicious ruler, you mm-hmm. have the vicious fighter. And there's a lot of themes that were pulled from um, like a whole bunch of martial arts movies. I've yeah. seen. Like there's a lot of themes that you could easily see are, are uh, connected and related. Yeah. Um, dark, 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 fucking dark. Like think about how black Panther started. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, king king of this African country has to kill his brother for stealing this precious material. 
we try to arm the oppressed minorities. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Against a system, a brutal, systematic, uh, uh, systemic yeah. system uh, of, of just oppression and abuse. And then, <laughs> and then his orphaned son grows up and tries to take back that country and do what he thinks is the right thing. And it's like, yeah, bro, I kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just <laughs> shit. Like, yeah. What the and fuck? then this one, like, yeah, he's a warlord for a thousand years. That's not very cool. But then he falls in love and he has kids and he seems like he's a really good dad to them. And then she gets murdered in front of your kids and he starts hearing demon voices and he just wants to get his wife back, who he thinks is trapped in this town. And it's like, uh, listen, I get it. I, I get it. I get I get it grief and and loss and having the power to make a change exactly possibly yeah I get it we all get it yeah um side note the combat with the rings was very well done I was gonna ask you how'd you like the rings themselves? I liked the rings again I've seen like that's based off of an actual um, I forget the name of them but it's based off an actual like traditional weapon yeah of, of, of it's just rings that stay on your arm right yeah, but like the the idea behind them, they were used typically, I believe, in horse style, mm-hmm. like the like the like strong foundation, strong like hard. There's like it's it's um yeah, pretty much just that. And you would have them so when you would block, yeah, you're blocking with metal rings, <laughs> <laughs> which hurts to hit. which breaks, but also it's a way to be uh, more mobile. And somebody comes at you, let's say, with a staff. And they like come over. You could break the staff in theory if you block hard enough. If you yeah. were tempered with these metal rings, and you would have the weight on your arms. So, so when you like, punch, it's like punching with an extra twenty pounds. Yeah. So you yeah. Would, and then like it's the conditioning of strengthening your arm. It's mm-hmm. all this shit. Um, but the way they use them was really cool because they were like different. You know what they reminded me of? Mm. They were like a blend of Tony Stark style like like hand blasts repulsors repulsor blasts with uh captain's shield throwing mm-hmm. ability mm-hmm. mixed with um uh uh what do you call it i was gonna say it um oh my god nunchuck no no what was it it was <laughs> oh fuck it was right there whiplash uh, no it was um because he was like shooting them and throwing them it was it was like a whole blend of things yeah that was really cool because yeah. it wasn't. They were very versatile, extremely like, versatile, and and you saw kind of the power they had. It was just weird. He was able to blast himself off, which was oh so satisfying. Every that you know what they were, they were just so satisfying to watch on screen. <laughs> Every time he was doing any technique, there was like the whip thing of like he could like shoot him off his arm and then like hit stuff and like whip them back and they, forth they, they looked oh yeah when he did that they were like um what's it, oh, i forget what it's called <laughs> it's it's basically like a uh it's like a staff yeah and it has a chain and at the very end is like the ball with yeah. spikes um a flail a flail yeah it was like a very long flail yep and it was just like this weird combo of of moves that looked familiar yeah but looked unique at the same time exactly yeah and there were you like got it 
Yes. They never yes. needed to explain how they worked. He just did it, and he's like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like, he could, like, shoot one off of his fist, which just, like, like the way he, like, punched, which was probably, like, horse style. It was probably, like, a real technique. And then, like, the ring coming off and just yeeting a guy <laughs> 30 feet away is, like, such a good visualization <laughs> of, like, yeah. yeah, I get this. And Maybe. then, like, the whipping, how he was just, like absolutely shredding tables like he would whip a table and it would just turn into wood chips it was a flail it was just this long (laughs) flail that he could just throw and recover and like blast and come back and then the uh like launch himself up in the up uh off the ground was super cool and then he like did it to brace when he like landed back on the ground like to slow his trajectory down with the ball Uh, so cool (laughs) they were and then there was these these two moves that he did in a row spoilers against (laughs) shang chi when they were fighting towards the end of like he punches all five of them off his wrist like he does like the blast thing up into shang chi's chest pulls them back down on his wrists and then <laughs> shoots him back up at his face oh my gosh it was so good um they were cool. yeah and then the way shang chi used them using like his mother's technique and they were like spinning around they're like almost like zenyatta's orbs from uh <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> From Overwatch, like he was like, <laughs> he was like spinning them around his. They body. were the same color. They, they were. were the same color. They're like gold. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think. I was gonna lean over to you and say some Zenyatta line of like transcendence is yeah. the key to the happiness, but yeah. I couldn't think of anything to say. <laughs> but like, he literally started spinning around him in a circle, like it was a, like a nucleus or something. Yeah, uh, but that was super cool. It's it shows how powerful they really are. Yeah. Um he used them as like a hook yep. to pull himself in. Yep, that was cool. It's crazy. There's like that cool tug of war thing that they were doing when they each had like five of them or something. And they like made this X out of like their two different colored energies and like that's just schlocky bullshit. Like that <laughs> doesn't mean anything, but it looked so cool on screen. Like, ooh, they each have control of them. Ooh, yeah. who are they gonna listen to? Yeah, it was it was cool. It was it very much personified, like I said, the idea behind uh the concept of of I think Chinese specific martial arts cinema, but like I was telling you after the movie, the Kung Fu stuff, like it's, it's all about countering the, mm-hmm. with the opposite. Like I was telling you right after the movie, I was saying how straight line beats circle or circle beats straight line. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. And you even saw it when he goes like, teach me how my mother like defeated him. Yeah. And she was just like, um, and, and you even see it like she opens up his fist. Yeah. And that's to go soft because you, the idea is a hard style cannot be the hard style. You must yeah. be, you have to, if somebody's coming at you with a hard style, you have to be soft with the parries. You have, you have to be to soft like with the counters. Deflect and dodge. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's it's and it's it makes sense. Like as somebody who's fought some someone who's very good in kung fu, um, two actually, both uh, Sensei Fusco and Dylan, um, kung fu is not a realistic style to fight in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are techniques in kung fu that are one hundred percent effective. Yeah, uh, that hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> And that's one of them, right? Like the, um, like I, like I getting hooked, mm-hmm. like I was making example of crane style, like yeah. getting, uh, like hooking into close distance and then you would get like, you know, struck yeah. as you come in from the hook or stuff like when it comes to, again, like loosening, it's very cliche. It's very, uh, um, of course he's going to have to open his hand. And, yeah, exactly. And like, like that goes back to like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, He exactly. does like, like the bring it. Yeah, the, the just bring it motion. It's it's the same idea, and Matrix is also heavily kung fu based. Yeah, but it's um, it makes and again that was the vibe I got immediately when it was 
that's why I was so okay. This is not what I expected when they showed that in the beginning because yeah. she was doing the deflection, the parry, the idea that the energy coming from a straight line attack, you just parry off to the side. Yeah, when exactly. you in that way, you use less energy, and their energy gets used against them because exactly. instead of getting stopped at you, it goes past you to the side, and yep. then you are still in control of your own stance. Yeah, so. That part was, again, kind of cliche, but I think that's not a problem with the movie. I think that's a problem of 30-plus years of martial arts films. Yeah, but I mean, like... kind of driven that home, but that's also a real concept, and that's a real thing that kung fu practitioners know. Sure, and for it to be, like, we consider, I think it's fair to say we both consider it, like, a kung fu movie. Like, it has the heart of, like, those Hong Kong kung fu movies, and maybe if it didn't... If it shied away from some of those cliches, we wouldn't really be thinking that. But I think that's what it was trying to do. Like, they wanted to make a Marvel kung fu movie. Yeah, I think they wanted to make a movie very much how Black Panther addressed. Okay, so here's something that we you just we can't avoid, right? Yeah. This movie is very much hand-in-hand hand with Black Panther in the sense of it is more than just a Marvel movie. It mm-hmm. is a cultural... Um, I don't know what the word would be, but a cultural uh, touchstone uh, statement. Sure. It's a yeah. cultural statement that's being put out about mm-hmm. the experiences of a specific group. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was so concerned about it, because I was just they're going to do the fucking same tropes they do with all Asian led movies. It's mm-hmm. going to be this like this very specific experience. I can't speak to Black Panther as um, somebody who has that because I'm not. I'm not black, so mm-hmm. I can't talk about that movie from any experience or any viewpoint of that end. But I could say a lot of people uh, said that they they were very proud of the movie. Yeah. Right? And they felt empowered by the movie. And, and they, they liked it mm-hmm. for what it did and what it represented. And I would say, as, as an Asian uh, American, I would say I think um, Shang-Chi does a really cool thing where it kind of doesn't force cultural side of it it's just it's a part of this just this person's life you know this person's in san francisco this person yep. has a asian friend yep. who has an asian family you know yep. and just and they don't have to get married <laughs> yeah exactly it's yeah. just so i thought that was cool and also it wasn't a thing where um they made it very much about honoring and respecting the the tradition of of that culture mm-hmm the whole thing about Tao Lo was that, right? Yeah. It was a traditional village yep. set up, right? Yeah, like, exactly. you know, um, so it was, I think it was very much touching on that aspect. Um, but I think it did, it did a great point in that it's something where if I saw that growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. I would love the movie. Right. Because I'd be like, oh, there's, there's, I'm seeing representation in, in a way that matters. Not that I have that experience of growing up, yeah. you know, uh, but just based off my personal life. But I would at least have that understanding that just, okay, cool. There's, it's possible for superheroes to be like, to look like me. Yeah. And that's, that's a different thing, which to a degree I used to think wouldn't matter. Right. I, I I never thought representation was enough to make a big difference, Mm. but the older I get, I think the more my opinion changes on that of where I think it helps. I think it helps the next generation. It's not going to help me as much like my life's going to keep doing what it's doing it's yeah. not nothing against the movie or or anything but that movie won't change the effects of when i was 
developing as a child and not seeing anything. It doesn't undo that. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm also older now and I have a different perspective on myself and, and life and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I understand representation is important, I think, uh, now. And I think it's more important for the youth than it is for people my age. Yeah. While cool, it's really important for the people who are younger. It's really cool for like the, the kids who are going to get to grow up with this. Yeah, like the yeah. eight-year-olds to the... the 16 and under seeing this yeah that's like there's shang chi like lego sets and action figures and stuff like that available right now at target right near the checkout aisle that like kids are going to be excited to buy and it's cool and like i obviously can't speak to either this or black panther but (laughs) so i'm purposely not going to say a whole lot but i love something that i love about like what i feel is representation done right is just here's a superhero that is asian but not here's the, here's the Asian superhero. Here's the black superhero. Right. Here's the girl superhero. You could tell because she has girl powers. And here's the black <laughs> superhero. Like, but it's just her but, clothes match. Look at that. <laughs> exactly. Um, Look at a color coordination. Exactly. And I don't know. I like again. This is. I am not the one to speak to this, but I feel like there's this thing of like uh, people trying to like forced representation in a way that feels very disingenuous to me with this movie or not with this movie just in general in hollywood examples like ghostbusters or oceans eight and things like that it's like these are these are just like it's the same thing but like but now there's girls and it's good because there's girls now it's like no give us like a cool like give us captain marvel like give us a badass who is a girl not just like Here's the thing guys did, and now here's a girl doing it. I think that's why Wonder Woman helped, because Wonder Woman was just, yep, it, this is her background. Yep, exactly. And, and she's a badass. And yeah, and, she, yeah. Yeah. And she's like the princess and all this other stuff. And yep. this is just how she is. And it's, she happens to be a girl, and like Shang-Chi happens to be Asian, but it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't overpower the story. Like, it's not about him being Asian. It's about this story with his family. And like, it's about the story. Like it's the, the fact that he's Asian takes a backseat to how badass he is, which I think is the right to him as a character. Yes. To the story. No. And that was my initial concern when I was saying, I wish it didn't parlay into the heavy tradition of family of, of like the, of the the asian trope of you know it's always about family and tradition and 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 respecting the culture and your elders and Mm -hmm. all these other things and the honor and blah 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 blah. but as my lady friend pointed out the one of the main characters is his father who is a thousand year old asian (laughs) uh chinese specific man yeah you cannot avoid the uh the tradition <laughs> you can't avoid that aspect of the story yeah the that that context of the story is forced there because of that very very big factor yeah right you have you have you have the dad who is a thousand year old chinese dad you cannot avoid those those points of the culture the tradition and yeah the expectations and all these other things that like are kind of uh, almost stereotypes mm-hmm. when it comes to asian culture it's just well that's one of the main characters is a thousand years old, so if anybody knows tradition and culture, it's going to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is the story is based around. Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, yeah, I think, I think what 
this movie and Black Panther did so well was that it touched on like the like the authenticity like like the tradition like the history the historic aspect of it like what do you mean i don't like like black panther was very much about like the wakanda and like the the african history and like the the way their ancestors used to do it and things like that it was very much about that culture right um it wasn't i don't know the i can't put words to it like there's just a bunch of jumbled thoughts in my head uh and i can't translate those out of my mouth but uh shang chi also is about like here's this traditional story and it's like a traditional like stuck in the wood technically in a different dimension i think they said (laughs) like uh talo was not on earth like it's not in our universe technically they go through it like a dimension portal to get to it um so it's like this Chinese inspired mythological village that is like, like it is just Chinese lore and tradition and things like that Mm -hmm. where I don't know. It's not like the whole thing took place in San Francisco and it's just all Asian people. And it's just about him being Asian and things like that. It's about this traditional Asian story that he is a character of. And it's just badass. Like number one, badass. Number two, Asian (laughs) is basically the point I'm trying to make. Got it. Okay. It, yeah, he wasn't an Asian superhero. He was a superhero that was Asian, if that makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. I mean, I, I feel I feel as if there were. It's it's hard. It's so it's it's so. Um, I mean, I, I basically tried to think of how the movie would be if they didn't do that. If they didn't touch on the mythical, mm. traditional, uh, cultural lore and, and yep. aspects that's always embedded with those types of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I joked about how like well, Michelle Yeoh's in it, so you can't really not do those things, yeah. right? It's just, <laughs> yeah, you can't have a modern movie uh, if Michelle Yeoh's in it. It's gonna, you're going to have to touch on those things somehow. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I don't know how else you would have done it. What do you mean? Without the mythological Without all stuff? that stuff. I yeah. don't know how else you would have done it. I think it would have turned into some type of ant-man style it's all technology based it takes mm. place and like it, it it then falls into the trap of another trope which would be oh this evil person wants to do this and they have lots of money so they can do it and this and this and but you have to stop them and then yeah it would just be another trope so i think the biggest impact of it is from a story standpoint is that we now have fucking dragons and demons in the mcu <laughs> um yeah, going back, <laughs> which is if you if you're caught up on what if, oh, which yeah. was me thinking, oh, that's just a, that's a crazy scenario. You know, Strange goes like <laughs> he goes um, full tilted, yeah. you know, uh, and just demons and shit with this movie. It kind of confirms, no, demons and shit is now here. <laughs> just like that's a thing. It's no longer just a what if in a different dimension. It's a oh, shit. This is now a thing that happens. Yeah. And OK. Yeah. Um what the fuck does this mean for the five-year plan? Yeah, right. right. Just where are we going here? Big Baddie before was an alien named Thanos. Yeah. You know, who just had a really pessimistic universal view. Yeah. Now we have demons. You can't, you don't speak to demons and rationalize <laughs> demons. You don't, you don't, you know what I mean? There's no negotiations. It's all about raising the bar. It's about like pushing the boundaries of like what you expect. Yeah. So that's, 
that that's a new twist that's a very new twist um yeah yeah new twist very new twist um just like the two ending credits i was just gonna say let's talk about the two uh (laughs) ending credit scenes so number one the the movie ends first of all with a a call back to early in the movie when they're telling this crazy story in a bar um to their two friends they're on like a double date uh and then wong comes in uh and says hey you need to come with me uh, and then the movie ends, which is very exciting. It's like, ooh, where are they going? And then five minutes later, we find out because yeah. that's the first uh, post credit scene. Um, they go through. They're having like this roundtable discussion. They're trying to figure out what's going on with the rings. He's what doing, are they? Like, some magic like diagnosing thing. Um, what are they trying to figure out how old they are, where they came from, what their deal is, uh, how they work. They mentioned that they're not vibranium. Um, and he said, my dad's had him for like a thousand years. And Wong is like, they're way older than a thousand years, which that's very interesting to me. Yes, that is. Um, and then like, what is their power? How do they work? And they've been sending out a beacon for a thousand years, by the way. Um, cause that was something that I didn't quite catch while watching it. But, uh, like people online have said like, yeah, they've, if they've been sending out a beacon for a thousand years and nobody's answered, like, who is that for? Like, who's been not picking up the phone for a thousand? There was years? another thing he said about uh, about. Oh, he said when you first used them, we felt it here. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, in New York, yeah, whatever the name of their sanctuary is. Um, yeah, that was cool. Which makes me realize, just like, what do you mean you felt them? Yeah, you know, because this guy's his dad's been using them for a while now. Yeah. So did you not feel those? Yeah, it's interesting. I did notice this. They're the same colors as that is used by the protectors. The the strange wizards. Yep. The Doctor Strange wizards. Yeah. <laughs> like the the like the little shield thing that they do with yep. their hands. The portals that they yep. open. It's like that orange. It is the exact color. same. Almost. It's a, not exact same. It's very very similar, and not just like color. When Shang Chi uses them. When Shang Chi uses them, which is interesting, because when his dad used them, they were blue. Blue. And then when he used them. They were a similar color as like the Doctor Strange color, and then they're like, "We felt them when you started using them." Yes, that's Which, my that's that's what I picked up on when he said, "We felt them when you used them." Is what he said. Yeah, that's super. Interesting. And then I realized, oh, they are the same color. They are the same kind of style and design when he uses them. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Yeah. Very, very, very surprising. Yeah, very um, cool. But also in that same scene, we had Marvel and uh, Banner there. Yeah, Captain Marvel who had to go. <laughs> Uh, which I think is uh, a new character that we're about to get a TV show based on. Um, that, that she's going and be like, oh, this, this kid, um, which is Miss Marvel, by the way. I don't know anything about it. Uh, it's a it's a young girl uh, who has powers similar to Captain Marvel, who names herself Miss Marvel as an homage to Captain Marvel because she is a fan of Captain Marvel. Is she human? Um, and then, yeah, we got Bruce Banner, not Hulk, but Human. Bruce Banner, uh, still with his arm in a sling. So mm-hmm. he's still messed up from the snap, um, but he somehow got out of Smart Hulk, uh, which is what they call him in the MCU. I wonder if he goes back to Hulk, if his arm gets healed. Because here's the thing with Hulk. Everybody always talks about how Hulk is one of the only characters who's invincible. Pretty right? much. Who can't die. Yeah. Even though we saw it on What If. Um, yeah. so it makes me wonder what part of that the Hulk DNA is broken from that where he can't 
fix his arm. Yeah, exactly. That's like weird. What happen- I mean, Infinity Stones will do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. The but, power I mean, of six. <laughs> but I mean, he's, he, he's the Indestructible Hulk. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It's interesting. But it's just, it's, it's such an interesting little can of worms that they gave us. Of like not putting Smart Hulk, but putting Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. It's like, hmm, why? What does that mean? Which we're also... How, how many TV shows can I spoil for you? Can I spoil the fact that a TV show is coming? Sure. She-Hulk? Did you know that that's coming? They're making oh, a I She-Hulk. remember hearing about it, but I didn't... I, Mark Ruffalo is in. I forgot about it, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah. So uh, Jennifer Walters or Jennifer something is uh, her name. Okay. She has powers similar to the Hulk and she is a lawyer, um, which is just also cool. That's just such a cool character idea. Um, yeah, he'll be in that. So maybe this is just some throwaway budget reason. It's like, oh, he figured out how to how to go back to Bruce Banner so we don't have to animate him for a whole TV show. <laughs> Perhaps. It yeah. could be that. It could be that. I mean... As interesting, like, repercussions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, the fact that both of them didn't really have much to say about the rings. Yeah. Just, nope. I don't know what they are. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then Wong kind of setting it up. Just, your lives are about... Your lives are now changed forever and... Yeah. All this other... He didn't really say why. Well, they're, like, Avengers now. They're not Avengers. He, he but didn't they're say like, that, though. They're... We're gonna... We have your number now. <laughs> we're gonna call you when we need help. He did, yeah, I was going to say, he didn't say anything about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he I went think, from a valet driver to, hey, bye. <laughs> my, uh, my ring doorbell alarm started going off when you started using these magical thousand-year-old rings <laughs> that you took from your dad, you know, when you were riding a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna call you up when we need some, uh, some extra muscle. Yeah, he uh, also thought it was funny when Wong goes, do you have the rings? And and, and Sean goes, yeah, I have them. <laughs> yeah. Just just, just casually. Very just, casually. Like, just, yep, I got them. Yep, I got them. I got them. What's up? <laughs> yeah. So like, okay, cool. come with me. We got to go. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was very interesting. That the last, I swear I didn't know that the Eagles were going to be mentioned at all in this movie. <laughs> But the last episode was basically a me ranting about how much I hate the Eagles. <laughs> and Hotel California was referenced no less than three times in this movie. <laughs> I was so pissed off. This, the movie ended with Hotel California. Yep, and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Told you, man. Too but, good. Too I mean, too like, good? it was too perfect. It was, it was really good. It's like, that's a good type of song to have be that joke. Um, yeah, it was really good. And what do you think about the second? Second uh, post-credit scene was also good. It was another, that's the classic, like, Spider-Man will return. And it's like, oh, yay, they're making another one. Or like, Loki will return. Yay, Loki season two. But uh, it was very interesting. So it showed his sister, who has now taken over the Ten Rings organization, uh, Razor Fist, uh, comes in to get her. And it's like, hey, it's we need to, you're, we're ready or something like that. She goes out, sits in her badass throne. Um and they start doing some training, which seems kind of like Warlord-like. Uh, like, she's definitely going to operate in a gray area now. <laughs> I mean, earlier in the movie, she was training to be an assassin and then had an underground <laughs> dark web fighting ring in, yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in uh, Macau. Macau, yeah. Uh, and then, so she's taken over the uh, the Ten Rings. Uh, and then the, the little tag says, the Ten Rings will return. Which... I think that 
means the organization will return and also the rings themselves will return. Well, I mean, the Ten Rings are with... Oh, okay, okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she will be back. The organization will be back. But also, like, he'll be back because the rings themselves will be back. Which is very cool. It is. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about what it, about the complications of the Ten Rings being back and yeah. how they're going to operate and what they're for. Yeah. Well, they got they're cooler now. <laughs> they got a bunch of graffiti on their compound. I mean, they're also chill with the people of Talo now. Yeah, because they fought together. Exactly. So maybe they're going to help try to keep shit closed. Yeah. Like, who knows what's going to happen now? I think they're going to be kind of like mercenaries, kind of vigilantes almost, is what I'd have to bet. The new like, shield. Uh, well, we have sword. Sword is the new oh, shield. Sorry. Sword um, is the new shield. Yeah. But um, I think they're gonna be like, "There's a problem. We're gonna fix it. We're not gonna ask for permission." They're gonna be the new vigilantes, like pre Sokovia Accords Avengers, except they don't have powers. They're just an army of kung fu trained people. <laughs> but um, could be very, very interesting. I'm very excited for that. The implications of that. Um, overall, would you see it again? I am going to see it again in theaters. I think I want to see it in IMAX. Because, oh. Oh, yeah. I want to hear that soundtrack again in IMAX. <laughs> and, like, there, is spe- the there are a bunch IMAX? of scenes that were filmed in IMAX. So you are oh, okay. genuinely getting a different experience seeing it in IMAX. I mean, I asked if we should be seeing it in IMAX, and you said no. I didn't think we would. Because I was about exci- as excited for it as I was with Ant-Man. So I didn't know how excited I should have been. <laughs> A lot, of, um, a lot of people I've talked to who've seen it are saying, I want to see it. I'm going to go see it again, or yeah. I want to see it again. It was just so fun. Like, it was it was fun the whole way through, except for when it was incredibly dark and depressing. Yeah, and sad. <laughs> but I, I also think it was re- very refreshing. Yeah. It was a full disconnect from original Avengers. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, this is... So, this movie accomplished what Star Wars, the Star Wars franchise, needs to figure out. How do we have a compelling story, fun movie, mm. like interesting characters that rope you in and like set off a chain, set off a chain reaction for a new saga or a new storyline mm-hmm. that doesn't touch the Skywalker saga? Yeah. Or like anything from this, anything from one through eight or just touches it, just touches it. Just a that's little what bit. this did. Just it a was, little bit. It's its own thing. But now Wong has his number. Like that. That's yeah. it. That's all we need. And I, Star Wars does need to figure their shit out. But they need to figure that out. Mandalorian, I think, has done a great, like that. But they still did it by touching into Luke. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, yeah. And true. now Luke is training him. True. Just okay. And and he's gone. Grogu's gone. Training with Luke. Yep. Moving exactly. On. Luke is here. He's a badass. Everybody cried when that scene happened. And then, <laughs> and now but, Grogu's gone. But here's the thing. I don't know if you could make a movie series. A movie storyline. They're going to try. Ryan Johnson still has this trilogy that they said is as going to have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. That'll be interesting. It will be interesting. It's going to be very I, interesting. I, episode eight, it sure is episode eight. And I have some feelings about it that aren't great. Uh, but I still trust Ryan Johnson because all the past things that he's made, when he's able to make something in a bubble, like Looper and shit, the other movies that he's made, <laughs> um, I think he's great. So if he gets his own trilogy, great. But anyway, this isn't a Star Wars episode. True, um, true. We won't go down that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought the movie was great. The soundtrack, by the way, available on Spotify. Incredible. Very good to work out, too. <laughs> um, real quick, I know we're a little over, but our spoiler cast episodes always go a little over. Got to talk about Lebanese food. 
your first experience. I, I since the first Avengers movie, I've always wanted to try shawarma, <laughs> as I'm sure everybody did who saw the first Avengers movie. I learned a lot of people didn't even know that shawarma was a real thing. And it's like, of course it's a real Seriously? thing. Why would they make up a word for food? So my introduction to shawarma was when I backpacked Europe. The late night food after the restaurants closed mm-hmm. over in Europe was shawarma. Like food trucks or like little takeout windows or they, something? No, they don't really have food trucks. It's just little hole in the wall. Yeah. Open sign blinking. Yeah. Um, for like three euros, you get a shawarma, a giant fucking thing of just like meat and That's veggies. Perfect. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. You're describing the optimal dining experience. And um, and then, you know, my beloved Bustan up in uh, Montreal with my friends that we always visit after a night of drinking. Um, to put it in perspective, the shawarma I get there is probably three times better than what we had maybe four <laughs> i want to say three times better yes okay yes i'm not gonna say the one we had was bad okay it's just the one i have up there is just an insane comparison <laughs> um, okay it's just it's a two-handed yeah. two-hand fister these were pretty small yeah these were pretty small the one up there is a two-handed like massive experience where just that thing fills you up oh uh, yeah where with this one, I could probably have eaten three more. Yeah. Right. But what was your experience of your first experience with Lebanese food? Not was, just shawarma, but you know. It was great. Uh, I didn't realize how similar to Mediterranean food it would be. Yep. It's kind of like Mediterranean meets like Middle East food. Yes. Um, fantastic. Love the flavor profile. Love like, I love this thing about like food from different cultures there's like a short list of ingredients that are appear in like almost every dish like you can't get a swedish dish without one of these five things right um you can't get a mexican dish without one of these five things stuff like that so it's very much like that and the things i would say are like eggplant chickpea olive oil olive oil pita if that's fair to say yeah uh, and like a really, really juicy meat, <laughs> meat that came off a cone of meat. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's probably some other things in there too. Uh, grape leaves. Oh, um, I love stuffed grape leaves. Yeah. Those, those are, Just those are interesting. Down. My, I down. talked to my dad about it. My dad loves those. It's like one of his favorite snacks and he's like, you can't get them anywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't find them anywhere. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so hard to find yeah. them. And especially so I, good ones. I told him, I was like, taste of Lebanon, West Springfield. It was pretty good. Yeah. There's very much a hole in the wall, which like we got there and I was like, oh yeah, this place is going to be good. And it was jumping. Just, yeah, it was, it was jumping. It was a frantic, <laughs> oh yeah, frantic kitchen when we yeah, were exactly. up until like after we left, it was still frantic. It yeah. was just nonstop. They were going. Um, so what did I get? I got a chicken shawarma wrap, um, which was really good. Very juicy, very flavorful, perfect temperature, nice and hot. Mm. Uh, the pita was like tender, a little, mm. a little tiny toasted, crispy. Uh, very good. Um, sauce is good. Yogurt. Oh, that's another staple ingredient, like yogurt. Um, yeah, that was very good. We got uh, cucumber salad, which is basically a dip. <laughs> like they said cucumber salad. I was like, ooh, that sounds fresh and refreshing. It's yogurt with parsley and chopped cucumbers in it. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, a little dill, too. Some yeah, dill. yeah, definitely dill. But it, that's for like dipping your pita into or whatever. Yeah. I dipped my shawarma in it. That was really good. Um Girlfriend got uh, chicken, uh, like Lebanese chicken over rice, uh, which was really good. Did you like it? 
She loved it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, got full really quickly uh, and then brought it home and I ate it later that night. I ate the rest of her food. Um, you got the appetizer thing, which came with hummus. Love hummus. Hummus, tabbouleh. Uh, baba ganoush yep and something else tabbouleh and baba ganoush i'd never had before both yep. incredible baba ganoush uh for those who don't know because i had no idea what it was i was expecting like a like a kebab or something like baba ganoush is eggplant it, it's a roasted fire roasted eggplant basically pureed with um the sauce tahini tahini uh, and some other things, a parsley, some other things, but Lots it's like, parsley. it's like a dip. Yeah. Um, was not expecting that at all. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a kebab or like a meat stick. Right. Um, tabbouleh was good. It was just kind of like a salad. Like it was just a bunch of vegetables parsley, and things mint. like that thrown together. Yeah. Yeah. That was very good. Um, stuffed grape leaves, which are, what were they steamed originally to like get them soft? I think they're steamed and then they're, they're typically kept and stored in uh, fluid. Yeah, I forget what type of fluid. Yeah, um, but they were, uh, it was rice and probably like parsley or mint or something wrapped in a grape leaf. So it's like a little grape leaf. Like, like melts. Yeah, yeah, it was like a little grape leaf burrito. Oh, <laughs> Tiny fantastic. little like Vienna sausage size thing. Um, that was all really good. Pita was good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we had. Oh, there was an extra little free thing, which they didn't even say what it was. It was like this one little dumpling. Like Nash, I think it's it's called. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, stuffed um, with uh, again parsley, mint. Yeah, just a lot <laughs> of like herbs. Kind of a vinegary. lot of herbs. Yeah, yeah. It was all it was all really good. Um, I I wish I had like a big two hander shawarma. That's what I was expecting, uh, like wrapped in foil or something oh, like that. Yeah. Um, and just like in a cone shape. Oh, we also got uh, falafel. Love falafel. Oh, they have they, they had really good falafel. It was really good. Really good. Falafel. Uh, very crunchy on the outside and just mm, soft green play doh on the inside. Hot. Yeah, very very hot. <laughs> you did the full like <laughs> hot, 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 hot. <laughs> um, yeah, all great. And then we forgot to get baklava, so we got two takeout things of baklava to go. Took them home, and you're like, you gotta let me know how the baklava what you thought so of i'm it, yeah. ready to tell you how the baklava was and did you, and i'm addicted to baklava <laughs> it is my new favorite dessert by really? a mile seriously i took a bite and moaned <laughs> like <laughs> it was so good <laughs> which is why you said oh i still have some baklava i gotta finish and i said can i finish it <laughs> When we were downstairs, it was so good. It was like a really flaky pastry that's like in a cylinder stuffed with like what? Crushed almonds and like, like, yeah, like a honey or a caramel. Honey, like cinnamon, I think. Yeah. Oh, the crispy. Yeah. The crispy like bite of like tearing a piece it's like um but it melts the the flakiness of the pastry like a toaster strudel kind of flakiness but it's honeyed oh and And it's like it's it's not super sweet soaked through yep with the honey it's like the when you get the perfect bite of waffle and the waffle's still a little crunchy and mm, yes and like but it's moistened from the butter and but it's drenched mm, drenched it still has structural integrity i'm drowning in saliva right now (laughs) but it starts melting the second you start and I took a bite, and there's just a perfect little tube of honey or whatever it was in the between. Filling, yeah. 
Oh, it was so good. And that like almondy taste that had like the amaretto kind of Amaretto. Zing. It's basically, yeah, it's, oh. it's very amaretto-ish. Yeah. It was so good. I gave a bite to my girlfriend and she's like, mm, that's pretty good. You could have the rest of this one. I was like, sweet. Mm. Oh my God, that's incredible. And I was like, are you going to want these other two? And she's like, you look like you really like that. Do you want them? You can have them. And I was like, yes. And I purposely like, I spread them out. I took a bite. I was like, oh, put it back in. Close it. So I stretched oh it. <laughs> four little experiences because it came with three little tubes. So she had a bite. I had another bite. I knew I loved it. And then a couple hours later, I took another bite. Oh, moaned in the kitchen, standing up with the fridge open, put it back in. And then I had the second half of that one. And then I split the, the last one into two little bites. <laughs> did you have it with coffee, like I said, or no? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, not that day. That day when we were like finally like. Uh, not stuffed, and we like tried it. We didn't have coffee because it was like too late. But the next morning, I had some. I had some coffee, and I had a little bite. It was like my little wake me up uh, coffee and a bite of uh, baklava. Oh my <laughs> god, so good! Like I'm gonna stop by that place again and just pick up some baklava. You know what you're gonna like? Uh, those are the small baklavas. Oh, do they have like a whole like cannoli sized one or something? Oh, did they- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, imagine. <laughs> giant burrito the way you held up a burrito size of like like with your hands no, I said like, you I'll, did this i'm holding like egg roll size you, I'm no, you did this how would you describe the size of these like uh finger size finger most, size it was most. like a finger yeah. yeah no like there's definitely they i'm used to baklava that's cut into almost like um triangles right yeah that's what i saw on the counter i'm surprised that's not what we got yes um there's different sizes of baklava unbelievable it is (laughs) i'm glad we didn't have it when we were hanging out together because i would have made a scene (laughs) i i thought you legit (laughs) i was not expecting this reaction to baklava because i i feel like it's a common dessert from like a lebanese restaurant never had it right but if you never had it um (laughs) it's just yeah baklava is a huge pain in the ass to make yeah um so I think whenever it's handmade, it's only made for special occasions. Yeah, sure. But it's it's kind of like uh, it's, I guess it's like cannolis. You it's could like say, a, it's like a Lebanese version of a cannoli, where it's like they're delicious, but it, it's work. It's to, work. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have to like sculpt it, and it's it's very flaky pastry. So I knew they had to roll that out, fold it up, roll it out, fold it up, roll it out, fold it up like a hundred times to get it but that it, flaky. But it's it's great. Oh. that with that with just. <laughs> You've moaned like that multiple times in talking for the past three minutes, which I'm not mad about. I'm it's literally just, the flavor is like my tongue has like a flavor memory for this exact flavor. I wasn't expecting it. I was like, okay, I'll try this. Okay, smells kind of almondy. Bite. Uh, it was the uh, it was the texture. It was the flakiness, but with that soaked through honey. Yes, uh, soaked through honey. It's yeah. It's like. It's almost, imagine if you could have a cereal where each bite is like that. A cereal? Yeah, imagine if you could have a, because it, it reminds me of, of um like, you know when you have a cookie where you dunk it in milk, but it's, it's so dunk, it's so soaked that it melts, but it's still hanging on somehow mm. to the dry parts, you can bite into it. It's That's like too wet. No, it's like, not for me. It's like that mixed with the hard, 
dry part all yeah. mixed together. So it's just like this weird soft but crunchy. Mush, but with a crunch still somehow. Which is weird, yeah. but it's soaked through, but it's sweet, but it's not overly sweet, but it's nutty, and it's got this... It's just, it's, Here's the thing. To me, it's, it's a good flavor, but here's the problem. It's such a unique flavor, you can't replicate it. No, I've never had anything <laughs> like it. That's why it was so, like, mind-blowing. <laughs> you, honey almond pastry? What? Yeah. So good. Yeah, so yeah, soaked in. Yeah, just just Well, here's what I, I think I like I like dissected it. Like I had to figure <laughs> out what was happening. Like why is this so good? Because it is it's a pastry. Yes. I think they make like a hollow pastry tube, or at least the way these ones were made. I always saw it like you make a tray of it. Right. And then you cut it like brownies, but in like pizza slices, like yes. a triangle. Oh, so you've seen it before at least. Yeah, I saw okay. like I looked I looked everything up. Like when we were like, oh, here's the menu for this Lebanese place. I looked up a YouTube, like I looked up Maddie Matheson making baba ganoush and I looked up uh, all these things because I wanted to like know what I was in for so I could make an informed decision of what I wanted to get. And uh, it was just shawarma. It was like, <laughs> yeah, just give me the hot meat wrap. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, amazing. Um, but then I looked this up and it was like, this looks good. It's a pastry with almondy kind of flavor and honey. That sounds good. But there's something about like the 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 physics of how this worked it was this dry hollow tube of pastry that they like filled with like blended almonds just like almond dust and then i think they just do a bloop like just a drop of honey and just from sitting out because they probably make it in batches the morning of and then sitting there the honey slowly soaks into like maybe a third of the pastry layers and that's what's soaked through it like your tongue tells you that the honey has permeated this whole thing, but then there's still crispy, flaky pastry on the outside edges. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, like just <laughs> taste of Lebanon and West Springfield, Massachusetts. Congratulations. You did it. <laughs> it's like you, they are on the tier of the Chili's skillet cookie. <laughs> God tier dessert. God tier dessert. Wow. I'm, I'm. I was just hoping that you you liked it. I'm glad it it changed your life. It changed oh, my life. I'm glad it impacted you. There with was this. a there was a shatter point in my life. <laughs> there are now two universes where there is a Chris Robinson, one who hasn't tried baklava and one who has. And my life is on a career trajectory <laughs> that's just I'm unstoppable. It's just going to be nothing but success for the rest of my life. You, you got to find a Lebanese bakery where you can just go in and get a massive amount of baklava. So if you have like your birthday or something, you can just say. <laughs> <laughs> just have a tray just a big tray of just My birthdays in a month is it yeah <laughs> baklava party oh yeah <laughs> you they do catering you can do a lebanese oh my gosh they are also on my way home from here are they really <laughs> yeah oh they are they're right off the exit too yeah it's off the exit on the left they're yep, right there that's right Oh shit! I forgot about that. <laughs> Get baklava for dinner. <laughs> you could just yeah, but they cater so for your birthday, just do a little oh gosh, uh, I want a shawarma cereal. Shawarma baklava. I'm gonna need fifty bucks worth of baklava and fifty bucks worth of shawarma. Oh my god, <laughs> that's me tonight. That's my dinner. <laughs> it's gonna be funny if you keep showing up and they're like, "You're from uh, the weekend, right?" They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, and then you keep showing up. They go, "You okay? Hey, hey, what's your name, Chris?" Like you become a regular. You just become yeah. this. <laughs> The baklava guys. I like, I wave outside. Like, I'm on the phone. I can't come in yet, but I wave and they're like, okay, yep. And I walk inside and they just hand me a stack of baklava. And they're like, that'll be 2150 as always, Chris, our favorite customer. 
We made this whole batch just for you because we knew you'd be here right around now. <laughs> yep, it's, it's you always come down on Wednesdays. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> nice. Exactly. Well, that was a very nice weekend. It was a very nice weekend. It was a very fun time. We finally had our double date with our girlfriends. It was good. It was good. Uh, we need to do another one, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, what's the next Marvel movie coming out that we're going to see? Eternals, which we saw a trailer for. Are you excited? I am. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be another new thing. It's going to be like, like Shang-Chi was so unexpected and I have no idea what it's doing and I'm along for the ride. This is all very exciting because it's new. I think that's what they're probably aiming for with Eternals because very few people know about the Eternals. I saw the trailer. I still don't know much about it. Yeah. I know there's some people with powers. There's some people with powers who have been here for a long time and they never interfered because they only interfere when things have to do with the deviants. And now there's deviants, so they have to interfere, and they have a triangular spaceship. That's all I know about them. And they have different powers. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're shrugging, by the way. Yeah, I, I, yeah. so you can probably <laughs> For this hear me, audio format. You can probably hear me slapping my, my chair as my arms come back down from the shrug, but I, I can't even hypothesize what the story of that which movie is, is going to be. Which is why I'm so excited. Yeah. And the cinematography, like, it looks gorgeous. The trailers themselves are just like... They're just nice to look at. It's like baklava for your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we wrap it up? <laughs> I'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week. If anybody's listening, uh, find a Lebanese restaurant and order shawarma and baklava at the very least. If anybody's near Taste of Lebanon in West Springfield, <laughs> tell them Chris sent you. <laughs> Bye. Enjoy. Customer is broken. Just, why is it broken? <coughs> why is the mic check always broken? Broken. I don't know. Kenobi. <laughs> I'm excited for for Matrix for, for four. I'm excited for Matrix. Oh, that's what the title is. It's called Excited for Matrix. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, it's called Matrix Resurrections. Keeping with the, the so re if, theme, like an email. If Get it's it? keeping with the theme of re, Keanu is Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. He is. I know. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's theme. The, the allegory or whatever. Yep. And then he's going to be resurrected. Just, yes. you know, just like Jesus Christ was. Yes. And my question is why? Because there was peace that he brought through his death. Well, uh, because money. <laughs> <laughs>